0: This is a first for the Sooner Sports Podcast. We are coming to you live from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, as we get set for the season opener for the Oklahoma Sooners. I guess, you know, maybe I should kind of check that a little bit. It's a podcast, so you're never live from anywhere. But at least I guess you can say we're taping on the eve of the start of the Sooners season as they get set to showdown with Auburn in a rematch of the national championship first thing tomorrow afternoon and then they'll double it up with BYU. Uh, In fact, this whole series is a rematch of teams who dotted the Sooners' 2016 schedule. Of course, they played Auburn three times, winning two of those three for the national championship. Actually lost to Washington in the Vegas Classic last year, uh, the loss to Washington was their third game of the season. So uh, they'll try to avenge that loss from last year. Uh, and then, of course, Nebraska, whom they had a pretty memorable game against out in Cal State Fullerton. Lash out in Fullerton, I guess I should say, in the uh, Cal State Fullerton Classic. Eastern Classic is what they called that event and uh, Oklahoma won that game. Of course, a lot of interesting storylines, obviously, uh, tons to get to from the perspective of Auburn storylines for redemption. They're getting back to 100% Haley Fagan, who was their starting shortstop last year. She missed a majority of the year, came back, was the designated player in the postseason last year. And they've lost two of their stars Emily Carasoni, the second baseman, Jada Rhodes. He has graduated as well, too. But there is one key player back as far as big-time matchups, and that's Casey Cooper, two-time, three-time All-American ESPNW player of the year. So a big matchup tomorrow for the Sooners against Auburn and all those storylines from the matchups. Yeah, still, there was a Carsoni throwing the ball away that led to the first Sooner run in the game uh, that ended up deciding the national championship. There was the nasty tag that Leah Wodak had on the play in the first game. There was the walk-off grand slam in the second game. So many cool storylines. And, you know, it, it kind of overshadows what's a really neat storyline for Saturday's game, which is... MJ Knighton, Shay Knighton's sister, and, and Shay Knight squaring off against each other. Shay took round one. We'll see if MJ can get round two. And, and we're excited. I mean, I, I think I've talked about it a little bit here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. It's been now two years when we have committed to bring you every single Sooner softball game home and away. That continues this year. We hope that continues for next year and far and long beyond uh, time. <laughs> it just I hope it's a never-ending thing because this team deserves it. Uh, it's fun to follow. And Patty Gasso, who is ramping up here for year number 23, has obviously built an absolute juggernaut. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I could sit here and gush. I could talk for 20 minutes, 30 minutes about this team tonight. But right before we took off, right before we made the trip to Mexico, before that, Really, really bumpy flight from Oklahoma City to Denver and then catching a bird from Denver here to Puerto Vallarta. We sat down with Coach Gasso out at Marita Hines Field and kind of got her perspective on what she expects in 2017. First and foremost, uh, Coach, I think the biggest question on everyone's mind does, uh, do we plan on Champ calling you Grandma? Is it going to be Mimi? Is it going to be Coach? I mean, I've got a Gee. My son calls his grandma Gee. So, what have you decided on so far?
1: Right now, we're at Oma. Oh, ooh, I like
0: that. That's pretty good. It's a little German. Is that all he can say? Is that kind of how? He can
1: say nothing right now, so that can change very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: How has the offseason been? I mean, obviously, it's been special on a personal level Mm -hmm. I mean I I can imagine but also you know this is the third time coming off a championship and you've got a a team that's uh, getting the hype of a preseason number one this has had to be a pretty special offseason for you
1: it it was it's different it's um, it's truly the complete opposite from the year before we had a ton of freshmen we're trying to get them ready we had a group of upperclassmen that were always in the shadows now we have about everybody back they're you know, season, they know what's up. And then you have a group of newcomers that came in going, oh my gosh, I'm on a defending national (laughs) champion team. And it was a completely different dynamic and a different style that we had to address and figure out. And honestly, it took us a while. It's still a work in progress, but these guys got some things figured out and they got settled much better, but it really happened more towards the end of the the fall.
0: You know, it, it was – I just had a chance. This was the first chance. I had a chance to watch you guys uh, just warming up, and I was sitting with Carl Anderson, your SID, and the first thing – I already name-dropped Carl in the first mm-hmm. segment. How nice okay. is that? Um, Falle looks great. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks like she's committed to uh, getting stronger, and when you think about someone who had a great home season – um, and really came on late, you know, I, I know we could go through every player, but, man, Fale View really looks like, Coach, she committed to improving where you needed her to this offseason.
1: The beauty of this team right now is there are options everywhere. Right. And so when you have one position and four options, who's going <laughs> to fight the hardest? And Folly is in that mix right now. So Folly wants to be – an everyday defensive and offensive player, not just a DP. So she's really worked on that.
0: So obviously uh, Paige had an incredible stretch run, but to have her healthy 100% this entire offseason, how much better has that made her? How much has that improved her?
1: A, a ton. I think with this pitching staff, it's taken a lot off her shoulders. And to tell you the truth, I mean, we won the national championship, but it was hard to watch her go through some of this. It, it really was. It was taxing on her body, on her mind. And at times I just didn't, I felt uncomfortable. I don't ever want to feel that way again or put any athlete in that position. So I think Paige has recovered from that and really is welcoming what's surrounding her. So not only is she healthy, but she's just not I don't believe that we're going to have to throw her as much as we did last year. And I think that's going to be extremely beneficial.
0: Yeah. You, you have depth at, at, and, and we, you know, you thought you had death last year and it played out at times, but when is that level of comfort for Patty Gasso and Melissa Lombardi, when do you reach that comfort level with your, your two and third pitchers? Is it, I mean, does it take more than a couple of outings? I, this is a process I'm learning, too, in, in covering you, Coach, but there's a lot of confidence you have to have in someone to put them in that circle in major moments. You
1: know, what's hard with us is you have zero room for mistake because of our RPI and the way it works and the conference we're in, and people don't really understand that, so they would wonder, why are you doing that? <laughs> we we really don't have a lot of room for error and. I think we hope to establish things very early in the season. But if practice is any indication, we've got a really, really good pitching staff. I'm really excited. We just need to keep confident with what they're doing and trusting our game plans, all those good things. But we've got depth, and it's been a while since we felt that.
0: Do you ever see a situation where you would want, uh, want to have like a closer I mean, I I know that it had been envisioned. We, We talked about it a little bit last year. But, Coach, is that something that could develop over the next year or two?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're starting to see things change. Hitters are becoming so good. I don't know that you'll ever see someone do what Paige Parker did again. She threw every pitch of every inning of the postseason with the exception of the second game against Auburn. That's a lot of pitches, yeah. and that's a lot of wear and tear. I just don't think you're gonna ever see someone take it to that level like Paige did so um yeah it's just, it's a whole new
0: whole new style against some really good offenses too you know Paige mm-hmm. Parker didn't go out and throw against a team that came in hitting like two twelve Paige Parker went out and did it against a team in Louisiana Monroe, who had one of the best hitters maybe in the history of college softball. Uh, did it against an Auburn team, who, I mean, they 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 could bore you to tears with the way they did things between pitches, but they were a good hitting team. And she went out and she did it. Have you seen her? I mean, I, I don't know how much more her confidence can grow with after after she did something like that. You
1: no, know, she's in a really really good place. Healthy, good mindset, and. You asked about the closer. I mean, what we have now are legitimate options so that we could really use. If Paige Barker isn't starting, she can finish. If Paige Lowry isn't starting, she can finish. Mariah could be a middle reliever. There's a lot of things that we can do with this group.
0: It seemed like in areas where you wanted to add depth, you went out and you did it this offseason. I want to start behind the plate. You know, Leah Wodak being kind of thrown into the mix quickly last year. I thought grow, uh, grew, became a really good catcher, but now you have depth back there, so you don't have to play her every single game, right?
1: Right, and Hannah is uh, a J.C. transfer, actually from Alabama. So <laughs> um, we're happy to have her, and she's learning. I mean, a junior college transfer is somewhat like a freshman, uh, just a little bit more mature, but they come in. She's re- she's ready to go. I think she she needs to – these guys just need experience. They need game experience. We try to push them and make game-like Atmospheres on on our field all the time but you get tired of facing the same thing every day so um, Hannah can really help Leah Wodak and if we can get her out of her squat and get her legs feeling fresh Leah Wodak can swing the bat the way she wants to as well
0: and then we've talked about pitching a lot obviously and we haven't mentioned by name but Paige Lowry coming over from Missouri adds that could could the freshmen have an impact oh, in the circle this year?
1: Absolutely, yeah. They they all off, offset each other really well. Mariah Lopez is throwing really well. I'm really proud of what she's done over the last couple of weeks especially. And Mel Olmos is just mixes, mixes speeds. So she's really a good offset to someone like a Paige Lowry. And then you've got just a really good athlete in Nicole Mendez, who's kind of like a Shelby Penley. She can play... You know, defense, she could swing, but she, she's a really good pitcher, lefty on the mound, too.
0: This is a couple of years in a row where we talk about a freshman coming in with incredible expectations. Well, a couple of years in a row. You kidding me? It seems like like 15 years in a row. Um, but Alyssa Dalton, with everything that's been talked about, her opportunity to play with that Team USA group this off season, what has she shown you so far in some of, uh, some of her early practices and in, in her preparation?
1: she does not play like a freshman she does make some mental mistakes but that's just learning the game but she keeps up with the game and she can play literally any position she can even catch i don't think she can pitch i don't think (laughs) i need her to but she can really do about anything else she's a lefty who runs she's just i guess in a nutshell she's just a complete player good arm good speed really good speed um good range i mean she's just a very complete player
0: you put Nicole Pinley in center. Mm-hmm. So what happens in left and right? You mentioned you got about five people battling right now. Mm-hmm. Are, are you set on on how we're starting against Auburn on Thursday yet, mm-hmm. or is it still no, up in the air?
1: Up in the air. I still have some question marks, and it's it's just going to be a battle to the very end. So they're fighting, and that's what's good. That's what pushes Foley, Macy Hatfield's in the mix. Reagan Rogers has improved her game tremendously. Oh, wow. So um, you know, it's like that iron sharpens iron. They 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 know that they've got to live in that world in order to even have a chance. So,
0: and and, you know, credit to Macy. She's the only senior on this (laughs) roster, which which is wild. It's kind of funny. I'm, I'm emceeing on Friday night. So I'm worried about how that senior skit's going to go with just Macy. Um, (laughs) but she'll figure it out. Um, but when she was given an opportunity last year, when Sid went down, it kind of struggled a little bit of a knee injury. She said, I'll play third. And she went out and she played third. Mm-hmm. And when called upon to pinch it, I think she had a good weekend against Iowa State. She always seems to have a good weekend against Iowa State. I mean, that's, that's got to be something for her that she realizes this is it for me. And then for you, it has to be, I don't know, somewhat impressive to see her take advantage of those opportunities. Absolutely. It's hard to live – as your only, she's been the
1: only person in her class for the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> That's lonely. That is true. That is That's true. It's very lonely. But she's done a good job of understanding how it fits, and uh, she's become a real good leader. And what I love about Macy is she's very much like how I explained Alyssa Dalton. She's very utility and anybody that can do a lot of things for us. Um, and play multiple positions are very valuable, and that's what Macy can do.
0: Do Do you have the mindset of everything's up for grabs, or I mean, basically, what we started—the final game of the World Series—is intact in the infield, with Shea at first, CC at second, Kelsey at short, and Sid at third, with Leah behind the plate. Do you say it's all up for grabs, or is there a certain sense that your infield feels pretty set?
1: Infield's pretty set. Dalton, if we have any problems, can step in on any of those positions oh, and wow. handle it, which is great. And and I pretty much know the kind of hitter she is If and defender. If she's not in the infield, she'll definitely take one of the spots in the outfield. I think we all know that. Everyone on this team knows that. So that leaves one spot in the outfield. And there's wow. probably about eight players that are <laughs> fighting for that one spot. So... Um. It, everybody's getting pushed, and everybody's trying hard. It It's cool to watch, but it's making us be- – they're making each other better, which is important.
0: Yeah, last year, uh, the starting lineup for the opener when we played in Vegas ended up being very much different than the starting lineup we had whenever we played against Auburn. But through that, you know, someone like a Shea Knight moved over to first base. Katie went back out to the outfield. I mean, is it – and I know Carl's got an article that's going to be up at Soonersports.com about this. But from a coach's perspective, how different is it to feel pretty set, you know, and not looking at things and thinking that I might be shifting a few players around? Obviously, personnel, people are fighting for it. But, Coach, it's got to be a much different mindset, right?
1: It's it's easier to you know not have to keep um – seeing what fits it took a while for us i mean i went back and looked at some of the the lineups we had back in in march mid-march that were upside down i mean right. literally our everything kind of turned upside down what i'm looking for is the right lead off and there's a few people that are up for that so we really need because aaron miller was so fantastic in that spot and she didn't start the season there
0: no she know? didn't
1: she i think she was in the six hole or something so those things can still change, but I know so much more now about our athletes that are returning. So you have Dalton, who's going to find her way in, and she could be a potential leadoff as we go along. Um, but I pretty much know where we stand, and it's a good feeling because I know I know what I can
0: do in our lineup. Anything changed for you with the new rules about speeding up play at all from the Big 12, or is it pretty – I, I kind of felt like we played pretty fast. Anyway, I mean, when, I, when I look back at some of the rules that came out, I thought, we, we're not already doing this?
1: Well, what we, we had a representative from ESPN come in and talk to some of the coaches at our convention from the Power 5 conference, and she came in and said, everybody loves watching your sport, but you are going too long. And that's messing up with our sponsorships and so forth. So we need to try to get your games in the two-hour time frame. And so she had these suggestions, and we all agreed that we certainly don't want to jeopardize any TV opportunities. So we all agreed to to work to do this. We practiced it at practice. It's hard. <laughs> is it it's, really? It's hard to so, get. So it is
0: an adjustment, then? It, absolutely.
1: Okay. It's hard to get. With way we've done things, or any team has done things, it's it's kind of rushed to get in and out in 90 seconds.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, excited about Mexico, no Mec- mm-hmm. uh, me- New no Mexico. Listen, to me. <laughs> excited about Mexico and opening on ESPN. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I've never seen ESPN do something so early. So, like uh, Triple Crown Sports is running the show here, and they did a really smart marketing deal by changing our game times and putting us up against auburn but with that they brought out espn so they're going to do all the games on thursday and our jessica Cootie is going to be she is doing some work for them as well so uh i'm excited about the the teams that are there nebraska byu washington and auburn it's a it's a very difficult opening season We've got to come out ready. But I also am excited about the idea of putting these guys in some cultural experiences. Like, I, I don't want to give them any American money. They're going to be working with pesos out there. <laughs> We're going to get on a bus and get them to uh, feel what that is like, a little about the culture I also want to make sure they know how to say their room numbers in Spanish because when you go to eat, you have to tell them what your room number is. So we're going to do some fun things like that that will get them to see what the other side of the world is doing. We get caught up in our own little world on the field and there's so much more out there. And we're going to also offer our time to um, some of the youth and do some clinics with them. So it's really going to be a cultural experience as well.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate your you time. You got it. All right. Great storylines. I mean, this this tournament has it all. And I think the stat in the Oklahoma game notes that I saw that this is the first time that s- since the Women's College World Series basically have had its current format, that the two teams that played against each other In the championship series, will actually open up the series against each other. Yeah, here it is. It's the first time since the Women's College World Series began in 1982 that teams playing for the national title open the following season against one another. It'll be the 23rd time that the teams face each other at some point the following year, including each. Of the last four seasons. For those of you who are kind of stat geeks like myself, teams that won the Women's College World Series have won forty-nine of those matchups. Average score, by the way, three to two. And one thing to keep an eye, we talked about coach, let's see what this first day of games being on ESPNU. It'll be very interesting to see what the pace of play and the new changes. To the rules. That have, I mean, let's be honest. Coach was honest about it. They're all about TV and trying to make the game TV friendly. Let's see what effect those have on meetings with pitchers, meetings with hitters, and maybe trying to slow the game down to a certain extent. Well, uh, I really enjoy you guys listening to this podcast. Softball is a major part of what we'll do. Uh, as a matter of fact, we'll probably have JT Gasso and Andrea Gasso back on in two weeks. We kind of started a tradition last year whenever we were in Palm Springs. And we've already made the plans to do it again this year, though we may have a special guest, so uh, look for that. And we're going to get K.J. Kindler on as the Sooners women's gymnastics team takes on Auburn on Saturday. So all kinds of big-time matchups with Auburn involving Oklahoma athletics, including here in of iarta Thanks for downloading the Sooner Sports Podcast, and thanks for listening. Until the Monday morning refresher, this is Chris Plank saying, be safe and boomer sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OUontheair.